Go ahead and have a seat. Let me invite you this morning to find your sermon notes. It looks kind of like this. You can follow along, fill in the blanks if you want to do that. More importantly, to talk about it later and then to live out the message. So a lot of you know that uh, I had the opportunity uh, about a week and a half ago uh, to go see a Kansas City Chiefs game in Kansas City. It was a great, a great time. We were in club seats with my brother. And we got to see a couple of my closest friends, if you'll put them up there as well on the screen. Uh, we were, right, yeah, yeah, we were right there with, with uh, Travis and Taylor. Uh, if you don't know, that's Taylor Swift, a very popular singer. I'm told Travis Kelsey, star tight end for the Chiefs. So when we were there, of course, there were many rumors flying about their, their budding romance. Is it true? Is it not? Uh, how much is fact? How much is fiction? So we heard another story. And again, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to pass it along because it's a rather interesting scenario. You see, I, I heard there that this romance that's been going on or not is, is now officially over. I, I know, it's sad. Uh, it breaks my heart. And really, Taylor, because Travis broke it off, Taylor is so hurt, so upset, so brokenhearted that she's not going to sing anymore. No more, that's it. No more tour, no more concerts. No, well, that's not exactly true. One final concert. She's going to do one final concert to honor all of her fans. She's going to do one more. It's going to be next week at Soldier Field, I'm told, on Friday. So this is how it works. It's already sold out. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but it's already sold out. But you can still get tickets. You see, there's a DJ in town, and, and she got five tickets but there's company policy, she can't use them herself. So she's going to give them away. So next week, if you are the 100th caller on Thursday, you will get all five tickets, not only front row seats, but also backstage passes. A huge banquet there. I know Travis won't be there, but with Taylor and her whole crew. All right? So now let's just imagine... Now we're going to play a little make-believe here because all the rest of this was absolute fact, right? Okay, a little fiction now. So let's imagine it's next week, it's Thursday, and, and, and no one calls in. Can you imagine no one, not a single person, calls in? So the DJ, she begins to contact her friends, her own friends. She goes through her, her contact list, but all of them have excuses, every single one. She calls the first one, and she says, no. Uh, we've got a soccer game that evening, uh, so, so I can't go. So she calls another friend, and she says, no, I'm, I'm painting the bathroom that night, so I can't go. So she calls another friend, and she says, well, I would like to go, but it's our date night, and I want to honor my husband. Uh, every Thursday, we go to the Jewel, and we go shopping, so we can't do that. So now she's really desperate, really desperate, so she begins to call her male friends. And she calls one and he says, I would love to go, Taylor Swift, lover, except I'm doing a Three Stooges marathon on TV, so can't do it. She goes downstairs and she's just going to give the tickets away. She opens the door to the building and right there in the front row are five homeless men. Five homeless men. And she says, guys, I've got Five tickets to Taylor Swift. It's going to be the greatest party ever. Front row seats, backstage passes. 
There's going to be a great banquet, as much as you can eat. I'll even, I'll even pay for the taxi to get you down there and to bring you back. And not only that, I will buy each one of you a new set of clothes as well. And so those five homeless men, they don't really know what to say, but finally they get up and they get the tickets and they are going to be the most unlikely guests at the final Taylor Swift concert. Unbelievable? That's what the kingdom of God is like. Jesus says that he has this feast, this invitation, and he wants everyone to come. In our text for today, Jesus is meeting with the Pharisees. He's been invited, invited over to one of the ruler's homes. And while they are there, one, one of the Pharisees, he, he says, this is just like what it's going to be like one day when we are in heaven and we are there in the presence of God. Blessed is the man, he says, who sits at the table and enjoys the feast in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus says, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> Let me set you straight. Here's the first big idea for this morning. The kingdom of God is not something just to look forward to in the future. But it's here today. Jesus was telling the Pharisees, don't wait till you die for the kingdom to come. In fact, the king is sitting right here next to you. You are already in his presence. Now, these Pharisees thought that not only was this going to be in the future, but they would get in just because of who they were and what they did. They followed all the rules of the Torah. They did everything right. And so they thought automatically they would be in. So there are three questions Jesus asks of the Pharisees, and I want to ask you today. So take a look at your bulletin. Here's the first question. Have you heard God's invitation? In our parable, there was a certain man, and he was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. This, of course, is God. And Jesus says that my Father in heaven is inviting everyone. The kingdom is going to be like a tremendous feast. It's going to be the biggest tailgating party you have ever seen. It's Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and Halloween and all that food and all that candy and all that wine all wrapped up together. And it's going to go on forever. So point to the person next to you and say, you are invited. Can you do that? You are invited. This is for everyone. We had the prophecy this morning as we read from the Old Testament. Isaiah says, On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wine. So, you've all been invited. Do you remember when you were first invited? Maybe at your baptism. Maybe when you heard the first story about Jesus 
Maybe in Sunday school, maybe in church. Well, the fact is the invitation is, has had your name on it and has gone out 2,000 years ago. When Jesus went to the cross, that was the invitation for all people to come into his presence forever. Now, earlier, uh, Pastor James here gave you the absolution. We confessed our sins, and they were all forgiven. And that is a wonderful thing. We need to hear that regularly to know that all of our sins have been forgiven. But it's more than that. This is a ticket that God has given to you. It has your name on it. It's, in, it's engraved in gold, and it is signed in the blood of Jesus. You have the ticket to be in God's presence, not only today, not only in his house, but every day, forever. What a gift that this is. So, question number one, have you heard God's invitation say yes? Yes. Number two, have you honored God's invitation? Now, back to our parable, what happens? The invitations go out. Now, in the Middle East, it kind of works like this. There are really two invitations. You get the first one, just like we do today, whether electronically or in the mail, say it's a, it's a wedding, you get that invitation, you RSVP. So all, all of these people have done that. They've said, yes, we are going to go. Now, in those days, the Jews usually had two meals a day. One late in, in the morning, we call it brunch, and then one about uh, dusk, we would call that Supper. In fact, the word for banquet and supper uh, are the same. So they knew it was going to come somewhere around evening time. They just didn't know exactly when. So now the servants go out and they say, an hour or 30 minutes, that's how much time you've got, drop everything, come to the feast. And so the host, he's looking out over the horizon. It's, it's dusk, sun is going down. Nobody. There is no one there. He's got his best china out, the best food. He's got his, his best wine he'd gotten from the wine cellar. The goblets are all poured and there is no one there. Why? Well, they all have an excuse. Now, there's three of them here. Let's, let's take a look at each one and you tell me if these are valid. Number one, I bought a field. How many of you go and buy property without ever looking at it? I had one man at 8 o'clock who actually did that. Yeah, oh, there you go. We got another. Well, I've, I've got a property. I've got this timeshare. I really like that. You know, I'll talk to you later. All right? It's evening time. It's dark. He can't go out and take a look at what this field even looks like. And it's going to be there tomorrow anyways and the next day. He's got plenty of time. He just doesn't want to go. All right, number two. I have bought five yoke of oxen. How many oxen, how many yoke, how many pairs does the average farmer have 2,000 years ago? Any guesses? How about, yes, one. One pair, one yoke. That's all he can afford. So this is a rich guy. I bought five yoke of oxen. Now, you might not look a gift horse in the mouth, but you're certainly going to inspect your oxen. 
Well, that's another flimsy excuse. He just doesn't want to go. What about the third one? I have married a wife. Well, then why aren't you taking her to the banquet? I want to ask you, why not? It's a, it's a lousy excuse. Now, I know that, that people need to get away from each other every now and then, husbands, wives, uh, dating people. I don't know if you've heard this one. Suzanne and Jeff, they were going on a blind date. Anybody ever been on a blind date? How did, how did it work out? Okay, oh, you got married, very good. Uh, it didn't work out so good for Suzanne and Jeff. Uh, from the very beginning, from the get-go, they, they couldn't stand each other. <laughs> they were miserable. Now, Jeff, he had, he had a backup plan, and so he had told his friend, now, just in case things don't go well, I want you to, to call me after an hour. Call me after an hour, and then if things aren't going well, I'll have an excuse, and I, and I can just leave. So, thankfully, mercifully, his friend calls after an hour, and he, he gets a phone call, and then, and then he feigns shock. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry my aunt just died. I, 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 I got to go. And, and then Suzanne says, well, thank God, because if your, wife, if your aunt hadn't died, then my aunt would have had to die. So you get it. Anyways, so it's just an excuse, right? Right? He doesn't want to go. There are no legitimate reasons to reject God's invitation. The king of the universe, the creator of all things, the Savior of the world has told you that he loves you so much that he would die in your place on the cross. So not only would your sins be forgiven, but you could be in his presence and enjoy his blessing. Not sometime in the future, but, but now. Every day, today and tomorrow and the next day. In Matthew, there's a identical parallel or a parallel uh, parable. If you go back to Matthew, and I encourage you to do this, read, read that story. It's, it's much more harsh. It's not just a certain man, a rich man, but it's, it's the king. And the king sends out all of these invitations and they're all rejected. Now he's not just angry as the man in this parable, but he is so angry that he sends his servants out to all of those people because in those days it, it is a shame, a shaming. His honor has been besmirched. He has the right to sue all those people who turned down the invitation after they had first accepted it. Well, he goes out and, and he sends his servants and they annihilate the entire city. And they kill all of the inhabitants. Jesus says an excuse to God is really an abuse of God. We have dishonored our Lord when we turn down the invitation. 
So that's question number two. Have you honored God's invitation? And finally this. Question number three, have you heeded God's invitation? What Jesus tells the Pharisees, and he also tells us, is that if you, if you have declined the invitation, if you aren't going to the banquet, well, guess what? The banquet's still going to go on. It's going to go on with or without you. And so the man sends servants to find the poor, the blind, the lame, and the crippled. And what do they do? Not a single one says no. They all say yes. And wouldn't you? I mean, think about it. There is no excuse. If you're blind, you can't go examine any property. If you're poor, you're not going to buy any oxen. And if you're crippled, you're not going to get married. They have no excuses. They readily accept. They have been walking by this mansion. They've been admiring the man's gardens for years. They've been wondering, what is it going to be like to go to a feast at his house? Oh, they think, if I could only just go and get a little morsel of that food, if I could just taste that great wine from his wine cellar, that would just be the most fantastic day of my entire life. So yes, of course, they all agree. And they go to the banquet. What about us? You see, we're in every parable. And who are you? Are you the Pharisees? Are you the ones who have received the invitation and you said, yes. But then when the time came, you said, oh, I've got something else. Yeah, I'd rather do. I'm too busy. I got to be with my family. I got business things. Or are you going to be who you truly are? The poor, the blind, the lame. We have no excuse. We have nothing to offer to our king, and yet he welcomes us with open arms. Martin Luther once said this, it's in your notes, he said, sin does not hurt as much as our own righteousness. You say, what? Sin does not hurt as much as our own righteousness, as much as our own excuses. You see, when we make excuses, we are dishonoring our God. And I'm not exempt from this. I've been making excuses for years, truly. No, not about coming to worship necessarily, but that's not all we're talking about here today. I mean, I, I get paid to show up every Sunday. <laughs> but I haven't spent quiet time with the Lord like I should. I don't carve out that time to read the Bible just to talk to God and to meditate and to have him talk to me. One day, and it really wasn't very long ago, it seemed like God was talking to me. And he said something like this. Maybe he talks to you this way as well. And he said, Larry, you know, um, it seems like you haven't missed too many meals uh, lately. You find time for that. And you get seven or eight hours of sleep every night. You seem to find time for that. And yeah, you get up and you go out on the golf course every now and then. You seem to find time for that. And it's nice that you, you have a date night with your, with your wife at least once a month. 
You, it's good, you find time for that. But I guess I'm just not that important to you that you can find time to spend with me each day. And then he said, Larry, that might be a problem for you, but it's not for me because my love is greater for you than your lack of love is for me. And then he seemed to say, just don't make any more excuses. Just be honest and admit your guilt. Confess your sin. You have my forgiveness and you'll always have my love. And so I say to you today, when something gets in the way of worshiping God or honoring God or serving God, let's be responsibly guilty. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, his gift to us wasn't our innocence because we're not innocent. We're guilty. But his blood has cleansed us of that guilt. Let's just admit when we've put something else in front of God and then receive that forgiveness which Christ has already won for you and then just move on. You see, if we learn anything from this parable, it's this, there's always more room in the kingdom. Always. And as many times as we have heard the invitation, we'll get it again today and again tomorrow. And another opportunity to respond. And so the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Finally, there is this. Jesus made no excuses when he was called to go to the cross. And his blood covers all of our sins, our mistakes, our guilt, even our excuses, so that we might continue to be blessed by that very special invitation that has your name on it and my name on it to be a part of God's kingdom. And to that, can you say, yeah? Let's all rise.